Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for February 13th, 2007 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined as always by our Orlando team, including Bob Varley, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. Julie Martin is out of town this week, and she will be back next week. Now, in this week's show, we're going to tell you about the most popular news stories on the Diz, including the story about a $50 million lawsuit being filed against Disney by a Clearwater, Florida man. Also in this episode, we'll introduce a new segment, the Roundtable Rapid Fire. We'll tell you more about that in a little bit. And in our feature discussion this week, Kevin Close will give us his review of Artist Point at Wilderness Lodge. All that plus listener emails on this edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Now first, before we get started, let me apologize to everyone that missed the show last week. Uh, Some technical issues conspired to keep us from getting the show online. Read a Vista upgrade. Uh, and we apologize. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm going to be, uh, after the show today, I'm heading over to what I refer to as church. You may know it as Best Buy. <laughs> and uh, I, we're going to... I love I, Best I'm, Buy. I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm going to get some, some, some new equipment. It's a it shame. Was, it was a good show last it week. It was too. a good it show. It was. We, we, did reco- well, we, we, we actually did record the show last week, and then when I went to uh, get it ready to put up, I realized there were huge chunks of it that just didn't record for some reason, and... Uh, the only thing that I could figure cost it was the upgrade to Vista. I was foolish and upgraded yeah, that machine to Vista. Let's uh, blame Vista. It, it was Vista. I know I, it was. <laughs> so and it was a good show. But you know, the best but, ever. It was. But, yeah, but we I got to tell you, funny I, stuff. Uh, other than that, other than that, I'm really happy with Vista. I like it a lot. It's a nice. It's much much better uh, operating system than XP. But we won't get into that. And we'll see what happens when so, you go to edit today. Let's go. Well, we're not recording on. We're not using Vista. Oh, okay. That <laughs> okay. helps. <laughs> so. All right, now on to the news. Our number three story this week, a Disney cast member was arrested last week on 51 counts of child pornography, according to uh, Orlando Local 6 News. 20-year-old Matthew Wendland was arrested after one of his roommates noticed inappropriate pictures of young children on his computer. The roommate contacted police who searched the apartment and subsequently arrested him while he was at work at Disney and in his Beast costume. The police report says that they found explicit photos of children ranging in age from three years old and up. Oh, jeez. Uh, they, they say that he did not take the pictures, but rather was downloading them uh, on the web. A spokesman for Disney said that Wendland had been suspended without pay. And we'll keep you posted on what happens. Jeez. What happens like, with that? It's like cast members gone wild. Yeah. First Tigger and now the Beast. Well, I think Tigger was a, a slightly different <laughs> yeah, scenario. Yeah, different story. That's true. But, well, good, uh, for that, good for that roommate, though, for bringing that uh, to... Absolutely. You know, not absolutely. letting it just go over his head. Exactly. Exactly. And just, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, where, wherever you have kids, sometimes you're going to have people that like kids a little too much. But, um, you know, I think it's, it's just, it's sad. It's sad. It's unfortunate. But at least they caught him. At least they caught him before he actually hurt someone. Uh, now, number two story this week. According to the Reuters news agency, Disney is reportedly considering creating smaller theme parks and standalone hotels in various cities around the U.S. This according to Disney Parks and Resorts chairman Jay Rasulo. Quoting that article, Rasulo said that building standalone hotels in urban areas where families already travel would give Disney the chance to reach out to parents who feel their children are still too young to appreciate a trip to a Disney theme park. The idea includes opening versions of the downtown Disney Entertainment District in key locations around the U.S. Other ideas being considered include a smaller, more immersive theme park that would offer consumers a more interactive experience at higher prices. Rasulo emphasized that these are currently blue-sky ideas that need to be researched more thoroughly before being implemented. Personally, I think with 
all due respect to Jay Rasulo, who I think is a pretty good guy, uh, he might want to consider spending paying a little more attention to the existing hotels <laughs> before like he starts a, before he starts spreading that mediocrity around the country. Is this like a, Dis, a Discovery Cove of Disney? Uh, it's where you, yeah. You get to swim with the characters. <laughs> <laughs> you get to be arrested with Beast. <laughs> oh, that's bad. That is bad. That's bad. <laughs> well, you know what? Emails to John. Does anybody remember yeah, when they did that with Disney Quest? I was just going to say, Jay Rizzullo, wh- what happened when we tried to do this with Disney Quest? And they we opened this- one in Chicago and you could hear the thud around the world. Yeah. Yeah, really, <laughs> the, amaz- a- the amazing amount of disinterest was grand spectacular. opening, grand closing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're having a going out of business grand opening. <laughs> you know, I think they lose track of the fact that people want to come to these destinations. Yeah, it's not about going. Who, what kid wants to go to a hotel? Really, let's and go to a hotel and go on a slide. You know, I think. I mean, I understand that uh, Vero Beach is a popular hotel, but it doesn't have anywhere near the popularity of the resorts. So I think, doesn't that tell them something? You're talking it, about the Disney Vacation Club right. property at Vero Beach. And right. Hilton Head as well. Right. Yeah. And it's like, okay, they're popular and things like that, but they're not anywhere near as wildly popular yeah. as the parks. That should give them some indication that people don't just want a Disney hotel. They want the Disney experience. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know, Mickey Soap just isn't that really that <laughs> worth it. Well, you know, let's, let's take a look at some of the business decision, decisions they've been making in, in, in the re- recent years. And um, they've forgotten how they got here. It's plainly evident to me they've forgotten how they got to where they are, and they're 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 looking to expand. Like I said, they're looking to expand these hotels. Yet the hotels they have here are they're they're having so many, especially service issues. Um, you know, you want to you want to recreate the kind of service that service level you have at the contemporary in in other cities. Now, I think you need to clean that up first. I, I think they'd be diluting the experience also. Mm-hmm. But like I said, what I will say is like Jay Rasulo, you know, generally speaking, I, I think is a, is a good guy and he's done some really good stuff. And, you know, I'm hoping that since this is a blue sky thing that, That's you know, during the during the research process before they actually break ground on one of these things, they'll they'll say, OK, maybe we need to maybe we need to clean up our, our, our living room before we add an addition to the house. I understand that the hotels are going to be um, modeled after the Grand Floridian. Oh, really? Which. I don't know. They're talking about putting one in downtown Chicago. Well, they're but also talking about doing one down in uh, in Disneyland. I I read an article about that, and I think that's pretty firm that they're going to do that. Which seems kind of weird because like they have the real one there. The Del Coronado yeah. is an hour south. Yeah. 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 Well, let's I mean, build a replica. Here's the here's the real one, and here's the cheap knockoff. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, but this one has Disney soap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and bad shampoo. I, I think they're going to take away another parking lot, and that's where it's going over between uh, Disneyland and Disney. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you, folks, right now uh, that that the Grand Floridian cannot hold a candle to the Del Coronado. Yeah. The Del Coronado. I mean, it just it's is a replica. It's it's beyond being a replica. It just doesn't have. Um, the, the the scope and the grandeur of the of, of the uh, of the Del Coronado is absolutely uh, you can't imitate that you can't recreate that I don't care what how much Disney spends or what they do the Del Coronado has that has that special something maybe it's his history or or what I don't know but it it has something that I just don't think can be replicated you can't so. see the fireworks from the Del Coronado though yeah, yeah. but you can see the jets coming in <laughs> Corey you can see the jets coming in and you and you can hear them too yeah yeah. yeah. There's some fireworks there. All right. And our top news story this week, a Clearwater, Florida man claims to have an original sketch of Mickey Mouse dated to the 1920s, and he's suing the company for $50 million to prove it. 
This according to the Fox News Tampa Bay. Stephen Stein says he purchased the drawing at a New York City thrift store in 1984 for a whopping $3. Now, according to Stein, he has had the, uh, uh, he has had it ink, the ink test dated. Um, he's had the paper test dated. And he says that the ink dates to the mid-1920s. And if he is correct, the drawing would date to a time period when Walt Disney had just lost the rights to his initial character creation, Oswald the Rabbit, which inspired him, that loss inspired him to create the character that we now know as Mickey Mouse. Stein claims that Disney has refused to even look at his drawings since he first approached them in 1989. Through his lawsuit, he not only hopes to force the company to look at the drawing, but also to extend him the copyright for Mickey Mouse, as well as the rights to Walt Disney's story. Stein claims... (laughs) I can see see the Disney... Can't make this stuff up. Stein Stein claims that... Uh, there is writing also on the back of the drawing that he believes is Walt Disney. You had to look around this room and look at everyone's face while Pete's reading this story. Like, huh? What the heck? <laughs> I was, I was going to ask Corey. You got a pen and paper that I can borrow? Yeah, I, I can, I can forge it. Well, I mean, you know, because he bought a picture of Mickey Mouse, he now wants the rights to well, Walt's it's a, story. It's a drawing that is dating the paper and the ink both date to the mid 1920s. So, you know how many how many pictures of Mickey Mouse were being drawn and by whom in the mid 1920s? Well, what that gives you the right to Walt's story? No, no it doesn't give you the right. to <laughs> Well, that's like story. having an original bottle of Coca Cola. You have an old Coke bottle, doesn't mean you get to own the company. Well, this <laughs> this sounds to me like you know you're asking for the moon or asking for the stars and hoping for the moon. And he'll be happy with what an he annual wants, pass. What he well, what he wants what he wants is he wants this. He, I think he wants this 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 drawing uh, certified as original because at that point the drawing's worth millions. Right. So I think that's probably what he's going for, and he's asking for fifty million dollars and the rights to Mickey Mouse, and you know, yeah. you know, he just, wants to live on keys, Main Street too. The keys, the keys to Walt's tomb or whatever. So. I just got a picture when you were reading that, Peter, of the Disney reps going into the room and saying, "No, no," covering their eyes, and I'm not going to look at it. I'm not, I'm not looking gonna, at your I'm not looking at your picture. It's like really weird. Sorry, Corey, can I borrow so. a pen and paper, please? <laughs> so. That's what's in the news this week. Now, as I mentioned uh, during our intro, we are introducing a new segment to the show entitled Roundtable Rapid Fire. Now, as part of this segment, we're going to go around the table, and each of us will give you a brief update on what we think you need to know about what's happening around Orlando. Um, We decided to add this segment based on some of the feedback that we received from uh, one of our visitors who felt that our our discussions were a bit long, and uh, he would prefer a recap. Now, I, we, you know, you can't keep everybody happy. I've, we've gotten feedback emails that say, hey, you know, sometimes the shows go a little long. And we have other emails of people saying they're longer. not long enough. Mm-hmm. So and all the emails last week of where was the show? It's like. Yeah. And then, you know, I know a lot of you missed it. And sometimes we forget that people are actually listening. Um, and uh, we appreciate. We really do. Listeners. We really need. We really appreciate the feedback. This is, you know, we're, we're not we're not radio people. Um, yeah. We're web people. And. This is new to us, and we're kind of figuring out what we're doing as we're going along here. So, If you uh, feel like you have something, send it to us. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can send all your feedback to uh, – we're going to do uh, emails. Oh, but you can always send your comments and your suggestions to a podcast at www.info.com. So uh, with that said, we're going to go ahead and go around the table and start our rapid fire. We're going to begin with uh, John Magi. I just want to uh, let people know that if you're if you have the ability to take a – a trip relatively soon. There are some good discounts out there. If you're an annual pass holder or a Florida resident, Disney has uh, some great rates out there for you for travel between February 15th and the end of March, March 30th, 2007. So um, 
if you happen to be lucky enough to be able to travel during that time, you're going to find some really great rates. And it's also a great time to visit. The weather's perfect. The, cl- the crowds are light. So it's really a great time to be here. Um, Dreams Villas of Orlando has special pricing until the end of March as well. $99 a night is a introductory rate that's being uh, available for uh, units at Dreams Villas of Orlando. We got some uh, great feedback from some people who have been there, and um, we also get some questions. It's from very folks. exciting. It's very exciting. It's really very exciting. It is. And we, we've been getting a lot of questions. Um, we have a toll-free number, and people have been calling up, and they're not quite sure about what we're offering, so I wanted to make some things clear. This is not a hotel. There's not a check-in, check-out desk. There's not daily maid service. You're actually renting an individual home, an individual condo. A vacation home, yes. vacation home. It's fully loaded with everything you need from top to bottom, including cleaning supplies. So if you're going to be there for a while and you think you need to vacuum, don't. But if you think you really need to vacuum, there's a vacuum there and there's mops and dustpans to keep the place clean. There's a dishwasher and all that stuff. Refrigerator and the full cooking and dishes. It's a home. Yeah. And I don't think what what John didn't mention is that $99 a night. That that home can accommodate up to ten people. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. That's a four. That's the, incredible. Three or three or four bedroom. The ninety nine dollars is for the three bedroom. One hundred nine is for the four bedroom. But I want people to understand though that there won't be daily maid service. But however, the trade off is you've got a lot of space and you can keep it neat and clean on your own. The other thing is, is that there's no check in check out. We've got a really great system in place. Um, trust me. You're going to get emails. You're going to be well-informed. This is some of the feedback we've gotten was how easy we've made it for people. There's a code to get into the the front gate. We're going to provide that to you prior to your arrival. There's a code to get a key at the front door. You're going to get that prior to your arrival. When you arrive, there's going to be a welcome package with a whole bunch of goodies waiting for you. So, people including, seem to, uh, including a membership to uh, Sam's Club. Stays of seven nights or longer, get a, a free membership to Sam's Club, which is literally right across the street from the complex. Now, if you're already a Sam's member, it's actually a gift card. Right. So you can use it for merchandise also. Great. Well, that's that's great. for people who already belong to Sam's. We've already had that example. We have. Great. So we appreciate everybody's calls and everybody's interest in the property, and we uh, invite you to come on down. Great. Mine is about Disneyland. The Pirates 3 debuts at Disneyland beginning May 19th. It's on. It's, actually, it's not beginning May 19th. It's on May 19th, Saturday. <laughs> the park is going to be open early at 6.30 a.m. and close at 5 p.m. And they're going to show the world premiere of Pirates of the Caribbean 3 at World's End on Tom Sawyer Island. But the park closes early, so they'll be able to set up the red carpet for the VIP arrivals. Yeah, I understand that uh, last year's uh, premiere was quite the event out there. Um, and you got to see, I mean, you got to see all the stars. I mean, Johnny Depp and Kira Knightley and, showed up. And so did Orlando Bloom. Oh, yeah, I and, forgot about uh, him. So, yeah, it was, uh, how yeah, could you forget about Orlando Bloom? They're building oh. a, a seating arena type thing to fill in that. Oh, don't go there. Let's go. They're really doing a lot of work. They're going to. Uh, and I think that section is going to close earlier than the rest of the yeah, park that day. They're really going to put up a giant screen and make it really accessible to people. It's going to be great. Great. Corey. Yes. <laughs> you want my rapid fire? Well, listen, um, we have two weeks left to submit your answers for the Dreams Unlimited Travel Video Trivia Challenge. If you haven't done it already, you still have two weeks. You can win a Blow, six day. I'm blown away by the by the participation rate. Yeah, I mean, but you know, there's a lot of people that registered um, uh, that haven't submitted their answers yet. 
I mean, they need to do that. Just because you're registered doesn't mean you're going to have a chance to win. So you have uh, they're cramming for their final. Yeah, you have till the 28th, February 28th, to, to get yeah, these in. Like I hope they're not cramming for it because it, 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 questions weren't that hard. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's they're easy questions. They're multiple choice. It's free to register, and you can win a six day, five night Disneyland, Southern California, incredible trip, dream package for a family of four. Also, I wanted to mention uh, for those of you who are fans of Ellen DeGeneres, she's going to be in Orlando at. Universal Studios, City Walk, from March 30th and 31st. She'll be recording a show from there. Great. And also, wait, there's Mardi Gras happening oh, yeah. now through um, April 14th. Just want to remind everybody about that. And we have all the Mardi Gras over at uh, Universal. Universal Studios, yeah. yeah. So Great. Bob? Okay, Peter. I have the Swan Dolphin still has the 125 rate in uh, August and part of September. Uh, I'm seeing dates going away so people need to get online that's and, a good rate and book it now uh, it's an incredible rate for the being right there in the epcot resort area uh you should take a look at that because their next special rate is going to be 199 Am right I correct yeah some of the prices are going back to 199 i i had some dates change out on me today so so you got a couple more days to do that i'd book it now and book you know if you don't exactly know what you're doing for which days you travel and book a couple extra on each end and then trim it down later on. It, it doesn't cost you any more for that. But going along with what John said, I'm seeing some incredible rates at Buena Vista Suites, Sheridan Bastana's two properties, and um, the Swan Dolphin. Swan Dolphin has a, a 199 rate that uh, is out there from um, March 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Uh, but there's also... Uh, on those dates, if you have a discount like the teacher, you can still get like 149 rate. Okay, because the Swan Dolphin does offer special discounts to right. teachers, teachers, nurses, nurses, government employees. Right, there's some discounts out there. But on the general public, the 199 rate is a lot lower than what's been out there for a while now. So they, they have opportunities there. All right, and what I want to uh, let everybody know is that apparently Orlando International Airport is going to undergo a $200 million expansion. Wow. Which will include a possible rail station, which they have been trying to put in uh, for a long time now. That's been a hot-button issue in town. Uh, a resort transportation services center, which will be, uh, I think, a $40 million facility dedicated solely to uh uh, Magical Express. 40,000 square foot. A 40,000 square foot, I'm yeah, sorry. That's I'm, okay. Yeah, 40,000 square foot facility um, dedicated to Magical Express. So anybody who was wondering if that uh, Magical Express was going anywhere anytime soon, apparently not. Um, and what amazes me is that they're going to pay for this mostly with taxpayer money. Um, but uh, they're going to have a new baggage screening area. They're going to add an, uh, a mid-priced hotel, um, additional parking, and educational training center. It's going to be a massive, massive expansion. Uh, to Orlando International Airport, which it, it desperately could use because it just gets busier and busier and my, busier. My concern is that I love Orlando. I, my opinion, it's the best airport. It is I've absolutely ever I, I the agree. best airport. I was, I was there yesterday, and it's like so easy to get in. Easy and to get, get into and out of. It's easy to get to your terminal. I just hope that this doesn't mess things up and make it this mega airport. That I really, yeah, around. exactly. Well, that, the, it, like Atlanta Hartfield, um, which is a nightmare. They're I, redoing the ramp system. Uh, coming off of the uh, beach line or beeline 528 they're doing some expansion on the roadways too that while well, i was over there and so they, they do a good job i think that rail system thing that they're putting in 
is just in case. I'm not. I don't think that's been approved. Well, it hasn't been approved, right. but they, I, you know, it's 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 kind of if you build it, they will come. Yeah. I think is right. the mentality. Yeah. Exactly. If um, we've got it, you'll. For those of you who are not local to Orlando, that has been a, uh, uh, which is most of you, uh, that is a, that has been a real hot button button issue. This light rail system that they've been wanting to put in, and basically Disney wants it so that they can bring you right from the airport to their property without cool. ever having yeah. to see. Another yeah, they attraction. don't want you to see International yeah. Driver. They don't want to see. They don't want to see. They don't yeah. want you to look at another hotel or another theme park. So go to go go past go. And go that and that's going to do it. That's going to do it for our our roundtable rapid fire. All right, with that, we're going to move on. And Kevin, you have a review for us of Artist Point over at Wilderness Lodge. How was dinner? We enjoyed it. I have to tell you, we went and met some friends for dinner. It was kind of unexpected. We. Uh, made a last-minute reservation, and I had never been there before. I've been in the restaurant, but I've never eaten there before. So it was quite an experience for me. I thought the food was good. Not great, just good. There were things I had that were pretty good, and there were other things I had that were not so great. The one thing I would tell you coming out of it was I think it's very, very, very expensive for what you get. I think the prices are similar to other restaurants on Disney property, but I think they're a better value. Again, I've always told you I think Gico is one of my favorite restaurants. And I keep, the prices are similar in price. <laughs> 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 it's terrible when bad things happen to good sentences. <laughs> uh, the price was high, <laughs> for lack of a better way to put it. We, there were three of us, and we had a couple of appetizers, and they run in the 8 to $12 range for appetizers. One of the appetizers we had was a selection of artisanal cheeses. Which, a what? Uh, a selection of artisanal cheeses. Now, I have to read you this. I don't usually read menu items. We're learning something today. This is uh, three cheeses with Riesling poached raisins, dried cranberries, and walnut toast. This was $13. If we had two ounces of cheese, it was amazing. Really, And they set it down on this huge presentation plate. And there were these little tiny pieces of cheese that were like just way away from each other, which made it look like you were even had less. I mean, had they put this on a small like dessert plate, this might have been a little more impressive. We had this table-sized platter oh. and Riesling poached raisins are raisins soaked in wine. And I'm guessing I didn't actually sit there and count them. I'm thinking we had 20 of them. And 20 raisins, well, again, it doesn't, it, it, when the appetizer is $13 and you've got two ounces of cheese spread on a table sized platter and 20 raisins and a couple of dried cranberries, it was. Well, it's it, pretty bad when you got to count the raisins. Well, the fact that I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kevin, Kevin, is that the plate that came from the Krabby over in. Uh, it Epcot? could be. It was that size. I mean, this took up a huge portion of the table and it had these three little tiny pieces of cheese on them. Wow. Now, you know, you, you can say whatever you want. You're paying for the, the real estate. You're paying for the location. However, $13, we should have gotten at least a slice of cheese each. Was it good? Was it enjoyable at least? I don't think it so. It would have been Doesn't good sound for like one it. person. Yeah. But for three people or at $13, you figure it's going to be enough to share. It's really not. We also had the venison uh, egg rolls or venison spring rolls. You ate Bambi. No, I didn't actually. <laughs> I did. John ate Bambi. Bambi tasted good. <laughs> Bambi good. Bambi good. Um, no, I, I didn't actually. Uh, we had a couple of bowls of the smoky portobello. Um, 
we had a couple of bowls of the portobello soup, which were really, really good. Uh, our entrees, I tried the house specialty, the salmon cooked on a wooden plank. Diana loves that dish. Well, she might have had a better version than I had. Mine was as dry as an old shoe. Oh. I, I didn't think it was that good. John had, uh, he got like the chef's special selection, which allowed you uh, an appetizer, uh, an entree, and a dessert. And that's $46 a person. Wow. Wow. And that's cheaper if you order those same three same three things a la carte. So we're not talking about, you know, mid-level dining here. This is an event. Yeah. yeah. Our service was spectacular. Uh, we it better went, be for a $46 entree. Well, dinner for three of us after we used the Disney dining experience was $200. Now, you want to tell people a little bit more about what the Disney dining experience is? Sure. The Disney dining experience is a card you can purchase. And it allows you 20% off at Disney-run restaurants. It works out great if you're uh, someone who eats at Disney quite frequently. It pays for itself pretty quickly. It's $65 for a year. Um, They used to give you two cards for that $65, you and your spouse or significant other. But now you have to buy the second card for $25. I think it's $25. So it's still, if you're someone who's going to eat at these restaurants often, it's still very much worth it. We find it. Yeah, we use it all the time. But even with the 20% discount, the still $200. $200 for the three of us. And none of us came out of there thinking, wow, this, none of us were blown away. Mm. And I've eaten at Gico, where, again, the prices are similar, but I've come away from that thinking, oh, my gosh, that's the best thing I've it's ever had in my life. one of the best meals we've ever had, yeah. I think what they've got going for them is location. It, they're in yeah. a hotel at the Magic Kingdom, near the Magic Kingdom. It's a spectacular place. It is. But, and they talk about the view. Well, the problem is if you go after dark, all you're looking at is a black window. You really can't see anything. Yeah. Now, my problem with Artist Point has been, you know, my, my palette is, is kind of, well, let's say it's not as sophisticated as maybe other people's would be. I've always found the food there to be a little gamey. Uh, for my taste, yeah, they um, had buffalo and they had duck and they had some other things. And well, let me give you an example. My my meal was supposed to come with something that said it was Brussels sprouts, caramelized onions, pork belly, butternut squash, and lemongrass glaze. And you I don't like bu- Brussels sprouts. I, I love Brussels oh, sprouts. I don't know what pork belly is. It just didn't. So I. Ask the waiter. I know it's traded in, f- in the futures market, but <laughs> it's I didn't know you could eat it. What it is? It's it, well, he, he basically fat. came down to it's unrendered pork right. fat, and I thought mm. I switched mine to macaroni and cheese, so I had the salmon <laughs> macaroni and cheese. So I don't know if my palate's any more. I was just going to um, say, maybe <laughs> I don't feel so bad now. <laughs> all, all in all, it's uh, it's good. It's not great. It wasn't a $200 meal as far as I was concerned. There were parts of it that were stellar. They served uh, bread when we sat down, and the bread was like a whole grain bread. And I have to tell you, it was great. It was wonderful. The soup. um, I also had a salad that was $8, and we were kind of sharing everything. We were, you know, here, you want to try a bite of this? When we go out to do a restaurant review, we order based on so that we can give you a broader spectrum. It would be pointless for all three of us to order the same thing right so i had a salad and they said to me is it good and i lied i said no (laughs) (laughs) because you wanted it all for yourself and then they watched me and they said for somebody who doesn't like that you're eating it very quickly oh you lied to them (laughs) and then they all took a bite of it and they said oh you lied (laughs) it really is good (laughs) it was the mixed greens with roasted beets uh 
hazelnuts, blue cheese, and raspberry vinaigrette or blackberry vinaigrette. It sounds like a mishmash of stuff, but it was eight dollars and it was really terrific. So awesome. I guess that oh, and we had three desserts, and every one of them came with a <laughs> factor. Mm-hmm. They were okay. Did they have chocolate mousse over there? They didn't. They had something called uh, coffee two ways. So you had a uh, creme brulee, coffee creme brulee, and coffee bread pudding. <laughs> John ordered something called the Artist Point Cobbler, which was uh, seasonal fresh berries over this beautiful cobbler. At Disney World, you can buy what they call muffin tops. It's just the top of the blueberry muffin. Yeah. That was the cobbler. It was a blueberry muffin top. I think mine was actually the bottom. They don't sell. <laughs> they cut off and they use it in a restaurant to make the cobbler out of. Again, it, it's good. It's not a two hundred dollar meal, as far as I'm concerned. Well, so, more if you don't have the dining experience, right? It would have been twenty percent more than that. So, so on a scale of one to ten, Kevin, what do you give it? Six. You're Ooh. in a very nice place, and again, the service was spectacular. I would only take the points off for the fact that I thought. The food was a little dry, and I think it's a little overpriced. So I would give it a six. That's, that's, that's fair. That's fair. All right, great. Well, thank you very much for that review, Kevin. And uh, we're, going to, uh, we're going to move on and uh, go to uh, listener emails. And uh, actually, we have, a, we have a, few, a, few, a few interesting ones that have come in. We've gotten a lot of, uh, ever since we've been uh, begging for feedback, we've been getting some, some great stuff in from you folks and uh so uh john let's uh let, let's go with uh with one of the emails you have i picked one from kent in normal illinois as opposed to abnormal exactly where we live <laughs> um <laughs> kent's question is what's your opinion on disney offering free dining again during august through september at what point did they offer this last year and if they do offer it we are initially looking at arriving in arriving September 28th and staying until October 7th. If the plan stops at the end of September, since we arrived the pl- before the plan started, uh, would it go through our departure date? Um, according to what they offered last time, it was at the end of March. So right around March 30th, we saw the free dining promotion come out, and that was for August through September. So if they're going to offer it again this year, that's going to be about the time we're going to see it come out. And yes, as long as you book your first few nights stay under the the promotion, your entire stay is for that promotion. So if you check in on September 28th, your entire stay will be under the free dining. However, if you cancel those first few nights, if you think you're going to be smart and book one night in free dining and then cancel that night, you're going to revert back to the other pricing. Uh, One thing I do want to say is a lot of people have decided that they're going to book for those dates now to lock in their availability and then wait for the free dining to be offered, this is a bad idea. The reason why Disney offers these promotions is because nobody's in their resorts at that time. If the resort's full, they're not going to offer the free dining. So it's a double-edged sword. You don't want to take up the inventory and then um, run the risk of them not having to run the promotion again. Hmm. Right. Well, we have um, another email from, uh, from Australia. John Muland wrote that uh, we are a family in Australia that until recently was starved of Disney information and travel advice. You may be surprised to hear that Disney neither that neither Disney uh, or the Orlando hotels and local attractions do not market their parks and hotels very well outside of the United States except in the UK and Canada. 
and Disney will not even send out planning videos to interested international travelers. Uh, after endless attempts of requesting Disney information, videos, or even an email back to us regarding park information and organizing a trip, we had given up on visiting Orlando and taking our family to Walt Disney World. After receiving an iPod last July as a birthday gift, I was ecstatic to find a number of Disney podcasts were available to listeners across the globe. Podcasts such as the Diz Unplugged and the unofficial Disney websites that we became aware of due to the podcasts became our savior for the much-needed information and advice for our trip. Um, and in December, after 21 hours of flight and an interesting drive on the wrong side of the road from Miami, we finally arrived for a two-week stay with 10 days in the parks. And guys, I have to say that we were not disappointed. The parks lived up to every expectations we had developed after listening to your show. Um, he goes on to uh, write that uh, some some uh, some suggestions for Disney on how they might want to re- rethink their marketing efforts uh, to uh, some of the visitors around the globe. And you know, it, I'm really glad that you wrote this because you know, you know, being from the United States and being painfully American, um, you know, we tend to forget that there's anybody outside of the United States. And I'm so glad to hear that that uh, that you know the show was able to be of assistance and the website was able to be of assistance and that uh, you were able to come and, and have a, a great you know whether it's whether you're listening to our podcast or some of the other podcasts or websites that are out there, all of which are, are really extremely good. There's a lot of talent out there right now, a lot of real emerging talent um, in, in in the podcast community, the Disney podcast community, and I encourage everyone not just to listen to our show. Obviously, I want you to listen to us, but you should listen to some of the other ones as well. Um, that uh, this is this is what the internet does best. It 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 allows anybody anywhere to get all the information they need. And uh, uh, I think we need to be. I need to be a little bit more mindful in some of the things we do on the site. That we have, we do have a number of international visitors. Uh, I'd say about you know fifteen to twenty percent of our traffic probably comes from sources outside the United States. So uh, you're you're inspiring me to. Uh, Maybe create some some content that's a little bit more more appropriate to that. But I'm I'm really glad that the that the show and the site was able to help. I'm glad you and your family had a um, uh, had a great time in Orlando. And I'm going to go ahead. I, although the, the your comments about uh, uh, marketing changes are a little too lengthy for me to do here on the show, I am going to go ahead and post them on the site for everyone to read. So uh, I, I appreciate it, uh, John, and from Sydney, Australia. We're going to be sending you out. Um, we're going to send you out some stuff. We're not just going to send you a T-shirt because you're in Australia. So the postage alone just to send the T-shirt wouldn't make sense. So we'll send you some. We'll send you a lot of stuff. A boomerang. <laughs> I have to tell you, this man's email really, really tickled me. It was like you, you kind of think that your neighbors might be listening or people that you, you know, from a different part of this country. But to hear that somebody who had no information got information from what we're telling them. Yeah, that, that sort of made me feel we helped somebody come yeah. to Disney World halfway around the world. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of cool. I also want you to know that I hear all the time that, uh, for instance, they don't advertise even the Mediterranean cruise. The the Disney Magic is going to be in the Mediterranean, and we hear from people in England and all along the Mediterranean that they haven't advertised that at all. Uh, the UK travel agents have no idea that the Disney Magic is even coming. Which seems like a real, like they've dropped the ball. Like, you know, we expect them to come here to take the Disney magic, and they do. But we're going to put the Disney magic kind of in their backyard, and we're not telling them? I think there's marketing issues that we're not privy to, uh, international marketing issues. Without going into too much detail, we ran into something similar where we couldn't send promotional material 
to people who were not our clients ahead of time mm. who were in the UK or in other countries. And it has to do with international marketing laws. Solicitation laws. Solicitation laws. So I think there's other things at play there, but, uh, but better, you, better for us. Come to the Diz and learn it through us, you know, but right. it is unfortunate that they, they don't know about it in their own country. Well, and I'm, like I said, I'm glad to hear that, like, you, like Kevin said, you know, that um, I was very moved by the email. Um, and it, we forget. I mean, we're all friends, and we've all been friends for years here, uh, sitting around the table. And I think I like to think that conveys well uh, through this. But you know, for us, we sit down, we, we 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 have this conversation. This is pretty much the same conversation we have when we're sitting without a microphone. Yeah. And we forget because we're so used to talking to each other, and we've known each other for so long. We forget that people are listening. So when somebody sends us an email from halfway around the world, or actually all the way around the world, um, yeah. it 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 really is kind of. It, it, it was just it was really really cool it really we were all we were all really pumped when we got this email and I don't know if you shared this in, week. I don't know if you shared this or not but he says that he uh, he copied uh, Bob Iger and Jay Rizzullo on his email to yeah us. he did he did so that's pretty cool too now one more email that uh, I want to uh, I, I want to read this comes from uh, Scott Imus and uh, Scott says that uh, he listens to the Unplug every week and he loves the info on the show he goes to Walt Disney World eight to ten times a year and stays at Fort Wilderness. And can you give me any info or updates or rumors about Fort Wilderness? And uh, we're going to use that um, as inspiration for a new segment that we are going to call Send Bob to the Parks. Yay! Uh, we want you, if you have any questions, if you want Bob to go uh, go check anything out. Um, send me to Paris, people. Please send well, me to Paris. I'm sorry. Um, That's not going to happen. No, it's probably not. Um but if you have questions uh, or something you'd like, uh, you'd like us to check out in the parks, we're right here. Bob's in the parks probably three times a week. Um, so tell us what you want, Bob, to go research for you, and we'll send him over there. I'll get pictures for you. And So in next week's show, Bob is going. Bob will be ready to report back to you, Scott, on everything that's going on over at Fort Wilderness. Right, Bob? Yes, sir. You know, we're missing a big opportunity here. We can turn this into like that dirty job show on TV. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Bob, would be fun. Make Bob do something disgusting every once in a while. Make Bob clean the toilets in the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> and as far as going to Paris, he might be able to go to France and Epcot, but that's about as far as you're going. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> What's this person's name? Scott. No, Scott. Yes. Thanks, and, Scott. And now Bob is, uh, you know, Bob. Bob is like this force of nature when he goes into the parks or into the hotels looking for information. It has amazed me for the, I think, now almost eight years that yeah. you've, we've been working together. Um, you know, I'll go, I'll, I'll go and try and get information. I'll try all sorts of things to get information, and it, it'll fall flat. And then Bob goes, and I don't know what he does, or maybe it's just the way you present, or, or I don't know, but people just want to tell Bob things. Um, so I thought, you know... There was nobody better. I mean, if you need, if you want to know something that's going on in the parks, if you, you know, if you'd like to have somebody go and check something out for you, there's nobody better to do that than Bob Varley. So that's why I thought send Bob to the parks would be a uh, would be a great segment. We're trying to use these emails to come up with ideas for ways that we can improve the show and 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 play to everybody's strengths. We have a lot of strength around the table, and uh, so I thought that would be a cool uh, sounds good. A, a cool I'm excited. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you, Scott. Thank you, John from Australia. Thank you, Kent from Normal, Illinois. We're going to be sending Normal. out. <laughs> we're going to be sending out T-shirts and some goodies to you, in Mr. Australia, because you really made our you made our month with that email. So, 
uh, please, if you have uh, anything that you'd like to ask us, anything, any suggestions you have for the show, please send us an email, podcast at wdwinfo.com. You can give us a call at 1-877-310-9662. As always, if we use your voicemail or and your email comments on our show, we will send you your own Diz Unplugged t-shirt. And that is going to do it for us this week, folks. We hope you enjoyed the show. And we will be back with you next Tuesday with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Everyone have a great week. You know, I think we should start in.